Okay, cool. So welcome, everyone. We are on the uh, second episode of the Polo Alto podcast series, and today we're going to be talking around Strata. I've got Carl Menton with me. He is a channel systems engineer, and he has been in the industry for quite some time. Um, so, Carl, I would like you to just you know do some do some introduction around yourself. You know, how long have you been in the, in the industry? What have you been doing uh, in cybersecurity specifically? Um, and then, uh, yeah, we'll get into some of the other cool questions we have for you today. Cool, yeah. Thanks. Uh, really appreciate the invite to uh, let us come around and have a chat with you guys about the solution. Um, yeah, thanks. My name is Carl Menton. I work at uh, Palo Alto Networks. I am the cybersecurity engineer, specifically around the channel um, vertical within the actual Palo Alto industry. Um, I concentrate more on the SADC region. Um, myself, personally, been involved in the industry for about 13 years as a cybersecurity engineer consultant and uh, I suppose a lot of my my career has also been around training people to understand the cybersecurity landscape as well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. And Paula Alta, how long have you been here? <laughs> Paula Alta, uh, feels like I'm part of the furniture. No, it just feels like <laughs> home and it feels like a family. So um, I've been here for nine months, going on 10 months now. So um, yeah. Yeah. And uh, and current focus at Paula. So in implementations, you do that, you do training. Uh, what's your main focus at Paula? Just a good question. Um, as the channel engineer, my main focus is dealing with my business partner, uh, who is uh, Janelle Calder, who is the channel business manager for, for Palo Alto. Um, our main focus is enabling the partners and making sure that the partners understand the actual product itself and obviously helping them to enable the customers as well and, and yeah. push the solution into the market. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, so for today's session, we've got a we've got a couple of questions, you know, just to understand what Strata is, you know, how it works and, and why it's come about. Um, so I think for 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 starting off the conversation, um, I'd like to understand what digital transformation is and what the impact that has been to uh, to our industry. So it's a good question. Um, a digital transformation seems to be one of those bu buzzwords that a lot of people seem to use these days. And um, there's a good reason for it. Obviously, with the impact of COVID-19 being quite a big thing and forcing people to do a lot of digital transformation, I think moving to stuff that they're always scared of doing. Um, and the reason behind the whole phrase of me using scared of doing is that they start doing stuff that they necessarily should not be doing. And that kind of creates a negative impact. Um, one of them would be complexity, which, mm. which, uh, which is a huge problem and, and why the network becomes a lot more complex than it should be is that they start looking at multiple different solutions and different products in and trying to fit everything into into different spaces into the network and the problem with that is 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 a lot of the security teams might be relatively small or even if they are a larger team the problem with that is is you know, they have to drive big training schemes behind it as well. And they're yeah. going to drive training quite heavily into it. And even with that, at the end of the day, it becomes so difficult to manage. And um, the problem with that is, is trying to sticky tape all of these different solutions together and guys trying to train on every multiple different solutions. It really develops into huge security gaps. Mm -hmm. And those security gaps become obviously a massive problem because, you know, they're focusing on trying to fix things and trying to get things to work with each other instead of, Really focusing on the critical things of the business, the stuff yeah. that actually creates the you know the malicious um, intent in the actual business itself. Mm -hmm. And the problem with that again, you know, I keep bringing up the sticky tape side of it is while they're trying to fix everything and stick everything together, it causes huge problems in user experience. Mm. And you know, I, I mean, I was in support for many many years. I know a lot of the support guys who deal with the customers and users. And you know, the biggest thing that that lands up coming through is. Is you know the users not getting access to stuff, or yeah. you know, no, that's it's always just, an issue. It's always the engineer's fault, right? Yeah, and it's always the engineer's <laughs> fault. You know, at, at the end of the day, and um, 
you know, I suppose, you know, it's the user experience at the end of the day is more the impact of the productivity of the, mm. the user, okay. which obviously impacts the productivity of the business. Mm. And, and that's that's kind of the, the biggest sort of um, negatives behind the digital transformation in today and for the last couple of years, more than okay. anything. No, that's cool. And um, now we've got an issue. Uh, so how do we solve this issue? What's Polo Alto's unique approach to to solving the digital transformation uh, problems we have? Sure, that's that's also a good question on it. So number one is um, we mentioned complexity, right, being a mm. huge negativity behind it. And the big problem with, with complexity was having too many point solutions mm. and, you know, um, we always try and get everything integrated together to work together. And that's the one thing we drive as a business is ensuring that whatever we have as a product and even work as a, a business or a security partner mm. is natively integrated into each other. So everything works together as it should from day one, which yeah. is the biggest thing. Um, the other side of it is consistency. That's my mm. biggest side of it as well, right? Is ensuring that no matter where my data sits or where I'm doing security, whether it's remotely, whether it's in the data center, cloud, everything is consistent yeah. so that we don't have any problems which lead into these massive security gaps. Mm. Um, the other side of it is obviously because as Palo Alto Networks, um, we are nine years running now the best uh, next generation firewall security mm. vendor. So naturally, a customer that would choose the product would be going for the best product, right? Yeah. Instead of going straight to the cheap and hopefully everything is working, mm. they go straight for the stuff that fixes the, the negatives behind digital transformation. Okay. Oh, that's cool. Um, and then uh, can you give us some use cases as to, you know, um, or just some different use cases we can use with a solution? Um, yeah, that's, that's also quite a good one as well. So um, obviously a lot of the customers moving between existing data centers and, and some of the, the customers that are lucky, I would say as well, where they start creating more data centers or expanding their data centers or moving to this whole hybrid cloud solution where they've got an on-prem data center as well as a, a cloud type data center for their data. Um, the problem behind that, and, and I think you also would know something about this, is that um, a lot of the legacy platforms would be left behind. Um, you know, we're looking for a new solution, you know, yeah. something that the customers always talk about. But now that we've got this other box that we don't need anymore, maybe we should sweat it more and, you mm. know, put it in the, the DR environment or something like that. And the problem with these legacy solutions that they still carry on in the business is that it's not patched. It's it's something that's that's running, you know, running older legacy policies. Again, moves away from the, the mm. consistency of the network. Yeah. And um and in that case, this is where we would obviously look at moving uh, or helping customers out with not just, you know, the hardware type platforms, moving into virtualized type of environments as well, and trying to keep that that consistency behind it as well. Mm. Um, the other side is a campus, for example. So um, one example of a campus would be, uh, could be anything, uh, educational department from a university, say, for example, medical as well could be a good one. Um, and in that case, we would most likely look at multiple different platforms. Again, a good example of this is taking a hardware appliance, for example. And um, what we can do is, is we can break that single hardware appliance into something called virtual instances, which um, if anyone's familiar with the movie um, Inception, you know, a dream mm. in a dream, it's essentially yeah. a firewall in a firewall, which is mm. quite cool. And what that basically means is, is we can break this physical firewall up into multiple virtual instances in the device, which means that each campus can or each portion of the campus can get allocated their own um, enforcement or security policies yeah, at the cool. end of the day, which is quite nice. Um, and that's all for a single platform, which is quite cool. Mm. Um the other side of it, which is branch and retail, obviously massive. Um, 
again, I mean, it could be anything, uh, multiple retail branches um, still having to look at maybe hardware platforms as well, mm. for example. And again, um, you know, big buzzword that's been going over a, the last couple of years is SD-WAN. So a mm. lot of these these different uh, retail type businesses, many other businesses, look at SD-WAN to move away from MPLS, for example, the more costly MPLS where they didn't really get the service that they were looking at. Um, and what generally happened was they started getting these cheap cost-effective type of connectivity, whether it was LTE, cheap um, fiber into the business, mm-hmm. and in some cases even satellite connections, depending on the retail oh, branch, yeah. <laughs> I suppose, at the end of the day. And what they try and do is they create these, these MPLS-like environments. And the problem with that is, is these, these older legacy type of SD-WAN solutions mm-hmm. become a problem because they, they're not necessarily security-driven. So mm-hmm. it might be a very basic stateful type firewall, but it doesn't do the next generation type firewalling at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, and this is where we really integrate in with these customers that have these SD-WAN appliances, where we can integrate with our Prisma Access solution, for example, which is our cloud-based um, next generation firewall as a service. Mm-hmm. So how that helps the, the customer at the end of the day is, geez, you know, I don't have enough, you know, um, space under the desk for these poor people that work at the retail chains. Mm-hmm. I've just got this SD-WAN appliance there and all of these ADSL routers, for example, yeah. um, and we don't want another appliance. Yeah. And in that case, all they do is, is they connect within the Prisma Access solution. Mm-hmm. They get the next generation firewall uh, as a service. They get the security behind it as well, which is perfect. And yeah. um and it really helps the customers out as well. Again, we also have our own um, SD-WAN appliances as well. So mm-hmm. customers are looking at the SD-WAN side of it as well. We've got a CloudGenic solution, which is the next generation SD-WAN. Yeah. So it is ap- it's application um, you know centric. It mm. it's not just the old legacy port and services type stuff. It knows how applications work. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a there's a great saying that we use. It's not this. This uh, what's it fire spray and fire type solution. Mm-hmm. It it knows how to to actually work with applications yeah, and cool. streamline, mm. which that's is quite cool. cool. And the big one, I suppose, which is huge, is mobile users, mm. right? Yeah, um, especially geez, now, right? Especially now. I mean, you know, and this is the cool thing is that we've been doing this for years. You know, so obviously with the whole COVID pandemic, we were ready to go and help customers mm-hmm. from the word go, which is yeah. quite cool. So all of the customers obviously sort of moving their users into, you know, the houses or even, you know, between houses Mm -hmm. and the branch offices or whatever it was. Um, Again, this is where we can offer our Prisma Access solution again. um, Users can run a small little client that that sits on their laptop, connects into um, into the Prisma Access solution. Straight off the bat, it says if they're sitting at the branch, mm-hmm. you know, they've got a firewall that is constantly, you know, looking at their traffic, protecting the users. Yeah. Um, and I think this is where I, you know, I, I always see this as a problem is that, you know, the minute you sit at home, you feel more comfortable. Mm. So you start going to places you shouldn't be going to or you start downloading mm. stuff that you shouldn't be downloading. Yeah. You know, because I'm not at the office. Big brother firewall is not watching. Yeah. And in that case, this is where Prisma Access straight off the bat with the global protect agent would give that solution. Yeah, that's fantastic. That's awesome. Yeah. And, um, you know, we're talking about uh, about a whole bunch of different use cases, but um, I also want to understand what makes Palo Alto uh, a unique and uh, leading security or cybersecurity platform. Uh, What are some of the features that you guys have within the platform? Cool. So it's a good question. Um, So I think one of the most basic forms really at the end of the day is something called the user ID. And it's something that a lot of the customers and I think a lot of um, the different environments that try to get into um, upgrading their cybersecurity neglect is 
something that we work with called user ID. Now, user ID is effectively integrating into some form of um, user identification at the end of the day, whether it's a, some SAML provider like Okta, for example, or um, something just like simple as an LDAP mm-hmm. server or an AD server at the end of the day. So in that case, we're not enforcing it based on just you know ones and zeros. So the yeah. IP addresses at the end of the day, we can mm-hmm. see who the user is. And even better is that user on multiple different devices, no matter where they are, yeah. which is the great thing. Uh, one of the other ones, which is quite important, is app ID. So mm-hmm. the ability of um, identifying the actual applications on the network. And this is really important. Again, we're, we're not a legacy-based firewall, so we don't believe in controlling everything based on ports and services. Um, we believe in obviously learning the traffic in the back end as well. It's constantly mm-hmm. learning it, not yeah. just identifying it as web traffic or browsing or, oh, you know what, it's Facebook, Facebook mm-hmm. chat. So we keep learning the traffic all the time to be able to identify the application nonstop, which mm-hmm. is uh, really important in today's environment. Um, the other side, which is hugely important, is um, user identity protection based mm-hmm. on, say, for example, stolen credentials yeah. or leaked credentials at the end of the day as well. So a user, um, uh, say, for example, a, a massive social network um, industry gets hacked, for example. Mm-hmm. Now, all of the user's information has been stolen. So in that case, that user could be one of those users that might be using the same password mm-hmm. as they use on their corporate networks or their corporate websites or whatever it is. And in that example… Um, straight off the bat is that we would protect that user's environment, seeing yeah. some kind of login from somewhere else that we don't know about. And in that case, also integrating with some kind of third party, um, uh, you know, two factor authentication mm-hmm. as well, is that we can see that someone is trying to log in with this user's corporate um, username and mm-hmm. password into mm-hmm. their corporate website, for example, or internet. Um, straight off the bat, we'll see on the firewall this is not the user that we know of. So block that traffic. Yeah. Um, and that's something that's that's quite unique as well that we mm. do as well. Um, on the other end of it is SaaS applications. Huge thing, right, as well in, in the remote industry of constantly logging into Office 365 or a Salesforce, mm-hmm. for example. And, you know, because we moved all our data into the cloud and I've been forced to do so. In that case, we have the ability to control users' uh, SaaS applications to mm-hmm. see whether it's tolerated. So do we have to scan it all the time? Is it untolerated? So in that case, making sure that we can scan the traffic, block the stuff that needs to be blocked as well, which is quite cool. Mm-hmm. Um, huge one is TLS 3.0, which is quite big. And a lot of the guys, you know, competitors come back and say, well, geez, you guys are late to the party. You know, yeah. straight off the bat is, is one easy answer to that is we're not late to the party, is that when we do something, we do it properly. Mm-hmm. So in that case, is, is a lot of our competitors, um, they do the, the decryption on TLS 3.0, but mm-hmm. the problem is, is they reduce that security and bring it down to like a TLS 1.2, for example. Mm-hmm. So now they, they had to kind of you know downgrade the customer's security in order to do the decryption. We, we do it straight off the bat on TLS 3.0. That's fantastic. Um, the other side of it, wildfire protecting the zero-day threats as well, mm-hmm. whether it's on-prem or in the cloud. And this is a kind of a great introduction into our PanOS 10, which was recently well, recently released a couple of months ago. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah it said, has a quite a cool <laughs> interface as well. I think I think the new interface looks very sleek. Yeah, 100%. And I mean, this is where we, you know, within PanOS 10.0, we've become the world's first uh, machine learning powered firewall as well, which is great. So we we used to brag about being able to protect zero-day threats or unknown attacks mm-hmm. within five minutes. We now got to a point where we can do it in line, in real time. Oh, that's very cool. Which is absolutely fantastic. That's yeah, awesome. that's there's quite a lot more that I can go on to, but that's yeah. you know <laughs> Yeah, we've obviously got we've obviously got some other components like XOR as well, you know, for automation 100%. and things like that. 
Um, yeah, so I mean, I mean, XOR is a very useful use the use the login credential example as well. Yeah, um, you know, we can use XOR as well to to log into the or to to integrate into those platforms like an Okta, for example. Yeah, um, we can uh, kind of reset passwords, disable accounts, and then get the user back up and running within a couple of minutes. Uh, you know, yeah. instead of having response times of twenty four hours, you know, above and beyond. Um, we actually had a cool chat about XOR the other day as well. Um, yeah, so the the previous podcast around that. Um, but then also, you know, just, uh, just the last question I have for you today: uh, What form factors are there available in this uh, in the solution? So it's a good question, um, specifically from the Stratus side, which is, uh, I mean, just you can kind of pick whichever mm. one you want, I suppose, at the end of the day. So again, it depends on the customer's uh, choice. Obviously, we've got the, you know, straight on vanilla um, mm. hardware appliance side of it as well, uh, naturally catering, catering from the, the smaller businesses to the larger data mm-hmm. center or enterprise businesses, which is big. Uh, we have our VM series, which is cool as well. So uh, one example of that that we gave was the data center and hybrid cloud deployments, for example. Um, a customer might might want to have just VM-based firewalls, for example. Or they might want to specifically have um, uh, they might have moved into the cloud, Azure, or into AWS, for example. And in that case, they could run our next generation firewall in that environment. Obviously, we're going to um, say that they should do that just because they get the next generation yeah. firewall experience there. Um, and the cool thing about it as well is our CN series, which is a containerized security environment for the Kubernetes K8 stuff, which is mm-hmm. quite cool as well. Is that um, this is quite unique in its in its own form because um, I suppose you know there's a long story behind. It essentially, is um, you can and I know there's a huge argument behind it, is that you can have a firewall outside of the you know the cluster, the Kubernetes mm-hmm. cluster. But the problem is if you're running multiple um, applications within the cluster itself, you won't see everything inside yeah. of it. Where in that case, where we can run the actual firewall within the actual cluster itself and have the ability to control um, and I suppose. Not necessarily always control, but enforce certain security mm. policies within that cluster yeah, as well, useful, yeah. which is quite nice. So we get to see everything because mm-hmm. you know without visibility, I can't control something I can't see yeah, right yeah. at the end of the day. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. No, thanks, Carl. Thanks for joining us today. Um, yeah, it was uh, some very very useful information, and uh, looking forward to, to sitting with you again in the future. Um, I'm sure everyone's going to enjoy the Strata session we had today. Thanks, Carl. Oh, thank you very much. Awesome. Mm-hmm.